I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. Sarah, so you may not be able to see my arms are weirdly smooth. Okay, so backstory. Uh, I discovered a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you are thrown for a loop on this one. I like, wait, I didn't see that coming. You did not see this coming. Was, I was like leaning into the screen to try to see your yeah, arms. Yeah, I'll try okay. to show you. Yeah. You can't, you, you really need it's to hard. be It's hard. Zoom doesn't give us, yeah, it doesn't give us much detail. This is totally bizarre but a couple weeks ago i was just noticing i had no arm hair and i have not removed it i have no idea where it's gone but no arm hair and i'm okay that's weird that's like weirdly alarming yes so i'm a moderately yeah. hairy person uh right, yeah so it doesn't it doesn't that. me too it doesn't add up and <laughs> i have two current hypotheses going on one is okay. that Wearing long sleeves because it's winter has rubbed off all my arm hair. And this doesn't really track because I've been living in cold climates my entire life and my arm hair has never rubbed off. Right. My second hypothesis is that the pool where I'm swimming in Charlottesville, the chemicals have burned my arm hair off. I know. So I have no idea. But if any of our listeners have any ideas why my arm hair has disappeared... Please let me know because this is yeah this is a mystery. I'm actually thinking the latter seems more likely. Oh yeah, it but seems is like s- scary. But it could it might be a combination of the two, like it's just they dump too many chemicals in and it's just that and wearing sleeves has just rubbed it off because and the- it burned off your arm hair. <laughs> I don't know. I have like how is like are you not now worried about like your eyebrows? And, like, your hair on your head in any way? Like, if it can do that to your arms, like... Well, that's the weird thing, because my hair on my head seems fine. You know, my eyebrows... Look fine. Yeah, as far as I can tell, they're fine. Uh, it hasn't affected anything else, just my arm hair. Bizarre. Wow. I'm, I'm perplexed. <laughs> okay, we definitely need listener help on this situation. <laughs> You didn't see that one coming. Let's be honest. No, I did not. This is great. This is great. And I have no answers for you. Well, maybe maybe somebody out there is like, oh, yeah, this has happened to me. I know exactly what's going on. Okay, friends, send us a voicemail. Um, coming up on the show, uh, we're going to talk about where we were last week, watching races as an athlete, old friends, and ooh, a question for listeners. So stay until the end. We want your input. Hi folks, Sarah here, the founder of Live Feisty Media, the company that produces the podcast you're currently listening to. I just wanted to jump in here and invite you to our latest initiative here at Live Feisty, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. On March 26th to 28th, we will be serving up a virtual summit like no other, designed specifically for active feisty women or anyone who wants to know how women can get the best out of our bodies throughout our lives. 
I think we all kind of figured out by now that a lot of sports and nutrition science studies, product and performance research is done on men and are a little confused maybe about what actually applies to us as women. So we collected experts from several arenas, physiology, psychology, nutrition science, and social sciences to get some answers. The Feisty Women's Performance Summit includes 20 educational sessions, plus networking events, group workouts, and an expo full of supportive brands. I seriously hope you can join us on March 26th to 28th, 2021. Tickets are only $149 and all sessions will be recorded and can be viewed up to two weeks after the event. For more information or to sign up, go to womensperformancesummit.com. The link will be in the show notes, of course. That's womensperformancesummit.com. See you there, feisty friends. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. So Sarah, we missed last week. We just like randomly skipped it. Didn't tell anyone. Didn't like typically I try to say in the previous podcast like we're gonna miss next week so I apologize to our listeners um but so I haven't seen you for two weeks how were your last couple weeks uh you know not too bad not too bad it it, I missed you I'm not gonna lie this has become a regular thing so basically for the past year we've seen each other you know pretty much once a week which is which is cool a little Mm check-in totally um yeah so last week um, I flew across the country because my um, my uncle, this is a bit heavy, folks, warning, <laughs> warning. Um, my uncle had elected to do uh, assisted suicide um, and he had COPD. And my mom is actually was actually like his full time caretaker. Um, so she was having I talked to her a couple of weeks prior to that and became aware that she was having a really really hard time Mm. Um, so I I wasn't close to my uncle because we lived abroad like I lived abroad for the most of my adult life until about 10 years ago so I didn't I wasn't um yeah I wasn't close with that side of the family um but I I mean facing death in anyone like you you know is difficult um but my mom was really struggling for obvious reasons Hmm. so um so you were there mostly to support her yeah yeah yeah. Um, and I'm glad I went. It was interesting um, on a number of levels just to like, um, you know, because you're not faced by that kind of stuff very often. And it's mm. an interesting way to say goodbye to someone, um, to say, to be able to look at them and, and tell them goodbye in the last moments. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think there there is something. And I know that obviously in the U.S. it's, it's state by state. Um, we're having more of a dialogue around it. But it does seem... It seems like being able to have some sort of closure and be able to do things on your terms if you are suffering for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I actually really appreciated the process and being able to experience it. And I can see how um, it's, I can see how, 
the good things about it you know there was no there were no downsides a couple of people in my family had struggled with it just with the idea of it mm. if that makes sense like in a philosophical mm-hmm. sense and like deciding when you die um it's not something everyone finds easy to get behind um but uh it was it was also interesting to see the checks and balances that we have in place here in Canada. Mm. So you have to have like you have to have someone I don't know what kinds of categories like you could have a spiritual guide or I'm assuming you could work with a counselor or a psychologist too, but you have to have someone doing regular check-ins um, as well as the doctor doing regular check-ins so that when you're like it's they're essentially like having a an ongoing conversation. Mm. So, okay, so it's they want to make sure that somebody is not taking their own life. They are choosing to end their own life, yeah. which is, it, there's a huge distinction there. Yeah, there was, yeah, hmm. there was a lot of, a lot in place in that regard um, between the doctor calling, the nurse calling, and the his spiritual person calling, hmm. um, and being there too. All of those people were there. Hmm. Well, that, it sounds like there's a lot of humanity in the process, um, but yeah, being able to be surrounded by family and friends, or being able to make that choice, oof, that's heavy though. How's how's your mom doing? Um, she's okay. She actually, oh gosh, like the day after I flew home, or two days after I flew home, she fell on the ice. Oh no! <laughs> so she's like, she like she was in the ER you know yeah um i'm sure i I think the big thing for her was that like she had him for several months in her home Mm. um just the two of them and then prior to that she was going to his house for you know spending four hours a day caring for him in his home Hmm. for months before that and then that all ramped so this whole thing has been ramping up over probably a year and a half of her taking care of him so i think there's um the combination of mourning with like almost boredom if that Mm. makes sense like just her trying to now trying to figure out what she's going to do next as a retired person yeah so it's given her purpose um you know that that structure to her day and now she doesn't have that wow that's intense Mm -hmm. on a lot of levels well i'm sorry it's okay it was uh, it was um, a meaningful thing yeah you know yeah um yeah well, not I don't even know how we not, transition. From yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I so. <laughs> I have no personal experience in this, um, but yeah, if anybody wants to talk about theirs, then yeah, we always welcome that. So I guess Sarah, last week you had your last Zwift. Um, commentary that, that's an abrupt transition but let's that's go what you were that. doing <laughs> the, the theme is the theme is what we were doing last week oh okay okay uh yeah so last week I finished up the Zwift try series um commentary and you know I'm I'm enjoying the commentary uh the final week the my normal co-host who's the lead for the broadcast Matt Liedo he had a bike crash and was in surgery that morning. So they brought on Matt Stevens, who does a lot of commentary for cycling races. And he is next level, like super pro commentator. And I was just blown away by how good, how professional he was. Uh, 
but you know, st- stepping back from that, just how my experience was. I don't know. I I enjoy. I'm a fan of sport. I'm a fan of watching people do things. Yeah. But it's also really bittersweet because I, you know, these are my peers and they're out there racing and I have to kind of put myself aside, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, like not think about where I would try to attack because it's not about me. Um, you know, I think it's a really healthy thing to just enjoy racing and not bring yourself into the equation. But I, I did realize that, you know, at some point I am going to leave sport, you know, professional sport. And I'm wondering, like, does it just, does watching triathlons get a little easier every year? Because I, I cannot, okay, I, I don't know if I've confessed this on the show, but I can't. I can't watch triathlons. I hate watching them. Well, like pro races, especially IT races now, because I just want to be out there so much. It just, it just drives me insane. Like I, I know I'm no longer, you know, I'm not in that arena anymore, but it's yeah. still, there's that piece of me. I'm not quite at the point where it's easy for me to watch it. Uh, the Zwift stuff's a little easier because these are just avatars I think it would be hard for me to watch, you know, Kona not be in it. But, yeah. like, I'm just wondering at what point is it going to be five years after I retire, ten years? Right. I was wondering if what kind of experience you had, whether it gets easier. That's really interesting. Yeah, I can, see, I can see where there's a difference between watching, like, the Olympic Games, an arena where you've competed before and, wa- and wanting to be part of that, versus a Zwift race. Like, as exciting and fun as it is, it's still a Zwift race, like easy to let go of that do you think okay I, I'm just gonna throw a question back yeah. at you before I answer my with my own do you think that part of it is because you were so close to the podium in the Olympics uh no because it's just any IT races like the WTS races it's just so fast and exciting uh but like I don't you know I don't I didn't watch the entire Daytona broadcast because I had very mixed feelings about it. You know, it's just, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. That's what I'm hearing. The main thing I'm hearing right now is that I know you've spent some time during this COVID opportunity um, (laughs) to, to like consider what your life will look like after, um, after sport, but it's, it's sounding like you're not quite ready to, to move on. No, no. And, but it's, what I just find, I just find the psychology behind it so interesting because I'm choosing not to do these events. Like I, I chose not to go to Daytona. So why is it hard for me? Uh, I can watch other sporting events. So like, for example, Ben had a, a track meet a couple weeks ago. I have no problem watching that because I also know that I cannot run that fast. It's it's like a different sport, even though I run. So I can't relate to it. I'm not like having to take myself, you know, put my ego aside. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very triathlon specific right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, yeah, it is. I I think, okay. I think everyone has a different experience with this. Mm. Um, So one thing I did, like, I, I think I've probably talked about this. I've talked about this in multiple podcasts, probably here. Like it took me 
I decided I wanted to win Iron Man and it took me 10 years to do it. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and then I won like two in a row. Yeah. Right. Um, and after that, of course, then after that, I got more opportunities right. in my career, like financially than I had had previously. Um, but I was less like, I think I went after another couple Konas after that. Cause the only place up from winning Iron Man is to like maybe mm. a top 10 at Kona. Right. Right. Um, and I had, you know, I think I had a DNF and a, I think I had a couple hard fails in Kona. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then I was kind of over it. Hmm. Like I, I basically, and because I had the opportunities I had, um, I, I had a, like, I was offered contracts that I wanted to take. Cause I was like, man, finally, like some, some financial payoff for, and it was like, like that I like I loved the contract too mm. um, but I to- was not committed it was like it was with Bahrain it was with the team in Bahrain oh. um, yeah and I wanted to go to the Middle East and I wanted to be part of that um, really yeah mm-hmm. oh Sarah we have to unpack this in a different episode I know it's it's yeah like yes and I like I because I had pitched them okay I I had uh, Lisa Pringle. Do you know Lisa Pringle? <laughs> Doesn't matter. We we had pitched them on me coming and doing like a media PR contract because the tone of the conversation around that team in North America was absolutely driving me crazy, and I was saw a lot of um, I like I just felt like there was a this overlay of racism around like the evil Arab shake and like this kind of stuff that was like I was like I just like. I get that there's good and bad in this and it's gray, but like, I'm just not on board with this like interpretation. And I wanted, I wanted to be, I wanted it to be understood like the role that like the U S and the UK play in like Middle East politics and peace and like how those, and I, I'm not an expert in that, but I certainly, I certainly knew something about it more than some of the, like some of the people that were commenting all over Twitter all the time. Hmm. Um, and so, and then they offered me like, so I was looking for like a PR media contract cause I was kind of wanting to go that direction and they offered me an athlete contract. Hmm. Um, and so I negotiated it down to doing four half Ironmans um, in which in that year I was just trying not to come last. Like I was like not, I was like trading half the volume of what I had previously trained. Like I was like, just let me not embarrass myself on the pro race, please. That's awesome. And, um, and was doing some work over there. You were mentally out like halfway out the door. Yeah. Before that last season. Yeah. Yeah. So I think part, and actually in, in retrospect, I'm glad that I did that because what it left me with was like every like I had squeezed all every ounce of water out of that rock like you know I was like I was done and then I kept going and then I was more done and more done and more done (laughs) yeah yeah so when you watch pro races now it's relief that you don't have to do that (laughs) oh Sarah I still have I have a tremendous amount of relief that I don't have to have like the pain of (laughs) interval training like uh, in my life anymore like I still feel that (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna be like in my 60s not competitive but still just like hammering up hills for the fun of it <laughs> yeah there's like you I'm the I think I'm the minority like okay. in terms of that I I think a lot of our peers um are more in your camp like they people just like love love the sport and want to keep going yeah and the training you know that's part of your life um you want to keep doing it huh 
So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But that, I I do think that's interesting. Uh, There's, there's a petering out process, I think for most athletes, I think that's pretty common unless if, well, I guess the caveat being if you end your career on your terms. Yeah. Well, which you did. Yeah. You can just like pivot, like think of all the people that now pivoted to things like ultra running in their Mm forties or, um, gravel riding or like, I think especially this during this COVID period, like lots of people I know my age have gone, yeah, you know, that those kinds of directions who used to be pros, pro triathletes, but maybe are, you know, maybe they're trying to win their age group or podium and yeah. gravel or maybe they're not like, maybe yeah. they're just trying to. Yeah. I, f- I feel like once I'm done as a pro athlete, I can't see myself trying to go out and win races, you know, or be competitive. I'm just going to be tooling around and having fun. I, I can see you do yeah. that, doing that. Like, I can see you t- tooling around having fun, <laughs> riding hard when you feel like it and not yeah. when you don't. Right. Like, yeah. I could see Or, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it might be fun to uh, run just a straight-up marathon, something like that. You know, little things like that along the way. Um, but, well, I mean, what's great is that you know, we have decades ahead of us for being active and, oh, looping it back to the previous conversation, you know, knowing that at the end of the day, we feel satisfied with what we've done with our bodies and with our lives. Oh. <sighs> Good tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a little weak, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have a question for you, Sarah. Oh. Who is your oldest friend? Do you mean oldest as an age or as in... Sorry, oldest as in... Like, who's been your friend for the longest in your lifetime? My big sister. She was my... that doesn't count. It totally counts. a good answer. It's an excellent answer. It totally counts. Your your sister's your first friend. Your sibling's your first friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that answer is unacceptable to you. (laughs) But Lauren... Was my first friend. Okay, <laughs> fine. fine. <laughs> What's your answer? What What is the dude, now? If I don't say my sister, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're that person. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so because I was in my hometown last week, um, I saw my and I see her every time I go. I go home. I saw mm. my childhood bestie. Um, nice. And we've been friends like we were like besties from like grade two until kind of until I left Canada. Oh, wow. Um, and we've kept in touch. And especially the last few years, I make a point of seeing her like I'll see her at least once a year or whatever. But the thing I was reflecting on and the reason that I asked and the reason why I did not accept your answer <laughs> is because like like it's a, as I, I, I sort of realized during this trip, like how especially because of the heaviness of what I was facing with my family, hmm. like how much people from the past um anchor you mm. to like anchor you to like I don't know like meaning or possibility or it's like where the past um where like the the past kind of anchors you to who you are now and who yeah. you were then kind of um and I feel like she knows me in a way that's very different to the way that um other people in my life know me now um and she didn't like we weren't close through my athletic years like we maybe talked every you know three years or something um 
in those days. So it wasn't, we didn't always have closeness, um, but we have had at certain points. Um, mm. And yeah, I just like, I just was like, I really appreciate this friendship. Um, and oh. the fact that I'm still in touch with someone who, like I knew when I was seven years, like she was my best friend when I was seven. Man, and you, you think about the person you were as a kid, and it both is nothing like you and so much like you as an adult. Yeah. Man, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah and I, I think I... I don't have something quite like that outside of my sister. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was thinking about how... Um, you know, the reasons that we became friends in the first place. And then like, as you're becoming an adult, like when we were in young adulthood, it felt like we weren't that similar because we were making very different choices, mm -hmm. you know, um, or like we didn't have that many practical things in common, right? And now, I, I, now that I'm like a bit older and when I talk to her, I'm like, oh, she is like, she's one of the most emotionally intelligent people I know. You know, she's like, like I hmm. see why I chose her like even in even at age seven we probably communicated very well with each other right because we're both communicators <laughs> oh was that was that a little pat in your own back when you were yeah, I'm, a, young? I'm an excellent communicator <laughs> no it was more that it was more that you have excellent taste you had excellent taste in friends back when you were a small child i was smart in grade two sarah don't yeah. you know <laughs> A little child genius. Okay, that's, that's right. fair. That's, that's fair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you credit for that because I can't. I can't argue. You know, with your self assessment there. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna run with child genius and leave yep. it with that. Although okay. that that will leave people thinking. Well, what the hell happened? Like, <laughs> did you not fulfill your potential if you were a child genius? Oh come on! I don't know. <laughs> you still you still have good EQ. And at, times, at times, at yeah. times. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to take a little break and then we're going to ask the, our audience a question. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic? Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Hey, feisty folks, Jamila here, the Feisty Team Community Innovator. In June of 2020, we launched the Feisty Team to help you all stay feisty no matter what the year threw your way. Over the last six months, we've come together as a team to try and make the world a feistier place and connect with other like-minded friends in triathlon and endurance sports. We meet every month and bring in experts that can help us on the path to building feistiness in ourselves and others and create meaningful change in our sport and community. The monthly subscription is only $22 and you'll get monthly feisty huddles and webinars with expert guests, big sponsor discounts, swag and monthly prizes, challenges to stay motivated, 
a community of feisty, like-minded friends. Plus, we are adding new initiatives all the time, like our new book club and virtual workouts. Go to feistyteam.com to join us and become a part of the feistiest team in endurance sports so we can crush 2021 together. That is feistyteam.com. Hey, Sarah, have you seen those new form smart swim goggles? You know, the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff. Yeah, I have seen them and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training. Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done. Okay, so first, I just I would just like to apologize to the folks who have sent us voicemails in the last couple of weeks. Um, my only excuse is that um i was away and now i've been in meetings all day and um i didn't have time to listen that's my excuse i'm i'm sorry folks but we are going to listen to your voicemails and we will bring them in and we do appreciate you so and we're even going to ask for more yeah we want more <laughs> is is that reflective of your questionable eq now it is. Just me, 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 and I'm not just even going to bother to listen. Just, we just beg for voicemails, and then you send them, and then I'm like, I can't be bothered. Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> so what, what, is, what is the big question we're asking? We do have a question. So before the show, we were talking about how we might need a new oh. intro, because I felt like our, our intro is a little abrupt. We don't set up you know, this, we don't set the stage for the show at all or give anyone any clue why we're here or what we're talking about. And then we just randomly talk about, like, remember that one week we just came in with, like, seven minutes about doggy diapers? <laughs> like, like any new listener is going to be like, what the hell is this? Right? <laughs> you mean, do we need a more professional introduction? So that's... I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Listeners, what do you think? I don't know if more professional is the word. Okay. Uh, but, but maybe more um, descriptive. Okay. Like we can still fair. be us, but maybe yeah. just a couple lines that are like, hey, explain what the show's about and that we're talking as if we were on a bike ride together kind of vibe. So the problem is we're going to have to figure out what the show's actually about. That's <laughs> <laughs> the true challenge. Yeah, so maybe our question isn't, we were going to ask whether you listeners think we should make a new intro but maybe that's not the question maybe the question is what do you think our show is about <laughs> sarah and sarah talking about random things <laughs> okay so i so friends send us a voicemail i promise i'll listen and i will make sarah listen to and uh and we'll talk about what our show's about yeah. next week there we go we got a first uh first topic for next week already talking through the voicemails or is it just going to be a voicemail episode oh maybe Ooh, maybe that maybe just got can... interesting huh the oh maybe the audience can decide all the topics so that will like i'll take the two or three voicemails i already have those will be topics okay and then if we get another what you since you haven't listened to them they may not actually be topics 
That's okay. We'll make them into topics. Okay. <laughs> but B, can you stop talking about doggy diapers and start <laughs> talking travel? <laughs> it's entirely possible. Oh, well. So because we're clearly struggling today, I think we should wrap up. But please send us voicemails. We look forward to chatting about random things next week, maybe with the new introduction in mind. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. Until next week, this is If We Were Riding with Sarah and Sarah. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're